Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's been a heck of a long summer. It's now season seven. We're like in first grade now, Jeff. Or <laughs> second, grade. seven, second grade. <laughs> well, you act like a second grader, so that hey, seems about right. Anyway, moving forward, <laughs> I can see nothing's changed over the summer. Season seven, episode one. It is the last, second to last day in October. There's frost on the pumpkin, and we are ready to start the hard water fishing show. And our topic tonight is Shuttle Mania. We have a special guest, Mr. Oli, has joined us. Say hi, Sean. Hey. And now he's got to leave till we record his portion. So we're going to lock him in a room <laughs> and, and we'll come back to him. Throw away the key. All right. There you go. Threw away the key. And uh, Jeff, uh, what are we drinking tonight? I am drinking. I have something very special today. I'm very Just like excited. you, buddy. Special. special. Yes. Yes. Very special. <laughs> so last weekend, I was in Wisconsin because it was, we have this thing called MEA in Minnesota where oh, we, yeah. get, we get a couple days off and go screw around. So we went to Wisconsin Dells and I brought back some spotted cow. So I have a spotted cow only in Wisconsin. Or if you bring one back from Wisconsin. So here we go. Ready? Yep. Mm, it's not carpety. It is good. It's, it's good. It, so it's actually an okay beer is what you're saying. It, it's a pretty standard beer. It's actually maybe a little thicker than like a normal light beer. Maybe like a heavy beer, you know, but it's, it's, uh, I don't know. What kind of beer is this actually? I don't know what kind of brand, like brew it is. It just says. New Glarus Spotted Cow. I don't know what kind of actually it is. Oh, here we go. Wisconsin's original farmhouse ale is an artesian brewed and canned by the hardworking employee owners here in New Glarus. Spotted Cow adheres to the, oh boy, Reinheit Skabod Purity Law. Good Lord. Good Lord. <laughs> Using only four. You didn't do your reading homework over the summer, did you? (laughs) Yeast, hops, water, (laughs) and malty barley. Yeast remains in the can to enhance the fullness and flavor, and it's naturally cloudy. Expect this ale, so it's an ale, to be fun, fruity, and satisfying. You know you're in Wisconsin when you have a spotted cow. And it's signed by this guy that I can't read because I can't read it. So there you go. That's my story. That was long. All right. So what do you got? Cosmically, apparently, when we picked beers, we were linked. Oh, no. No, not as bad as you think. <laughs> I've got a Leinenkugels. Mm. Red lager. Robust red Vienna style lager. But here's the story. Hang on. Let me make my glasses on. Look, oh, he just put them on the end of his nose. Like he had like. <laughs> Quiet. Liney's Red was once a staple in our family of beers and a favorite to many. We've remastered the recipe in our plot brewery 
by dry hopping with locally grown Wisconsin hops. See Wisconsin. This recipe twist will remind you of the original while dancing the aroma, resulting in a perfectly balanced beer roast. I don't know what that means. Lang Kugel family. Got some guys kayaking on it. I have a cow flying. It sounded really sad, Jay. You know, that's not my favorite. <laughs> it's not a carpet beer either, Jay. It it's more carpety than one would think. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's got some. That was a yeah. rough start to this. Is it season. hoppy? Hoppy? Mm-hmm. Really? I don't think of red beer as hoppy. It is though. Hmm. I'm disappointed. Man, that's a so, rough way to start. That's a rough omen. So then I should have gone with my second idea. I was sitting there in front of the beer case tonight, and I was thinking, what do I want to do? Do I want a theme like I had a theme a couple like of years ago? Grandpa beers? Yeah. So I was gonna, I was like, I had an idea for a theme, and I ain't going to do it. It was going to be uh, all the seltzers. Oh. It's going to be like a seltzer. <laughs> then I'm like, no, I can't do that. No, not even not even for the show. So. We would have to stop the show, Jay. If you start drinking I know, seltzers, I don't know. So I didn't do it. I'm so, not going to do it. So are we going to unlock Ole from his his cabin cabinet that he's in and let we him could. come out and tell him what kind of beer he's drinking? Yeah, Sean, just just in time, just to tell us what kind of beer, and then we're putting you back in the closet. Well, cabinet, garage. He's in the garage. Have, really. Garage. What do you got? I have Modelo Negro. Oh, yeah. That's a good beer. I'd rather have that than what I'm drinking. That is not from Wisconsin. No. A little south of there, I think. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. All right. We want to thank our patrons for their support. Um, patron of the show is Chris C. Cheers to you. And welcome to our newest patron, Jason R. from Utah. Awesome. He got a lot of a strong Utah contingent. Yeah, he joined over the summer. I mean, that is hardcore ice fisherman right there. He must have been hot. He's thinking, <laughs> I need to cool off. Or he was really bored. Could have been that, too. Could have been that, too. But we appreciate it. I mean, people listened all summer. So um, mm -hmm. over the summer, Jay, we made it to over 200,000 downloads. Wow. That's crazy. And so I remember a couple Who would have thought? I know. Seven years, 2,000 downloads, or 200,000 downloads, sorry. I thought it'd be more like 2,000 downloads, <laughs> which mainly was your mother. Yeah, yeah my mom. <laughs> and Oli, my mom and Oli. And Oli, and Dave. And Dave, probably more Dave than Oli. But. And Dave, yeah. Well, Olson's like, I think he's like three years behind. Yeah, now. something like that. But. <laughs> All right, so listener news. We got some really interesting things. This came like very end of the season last year, so we didn't get to talk about it, but... Um, a really in-depth uh, email about fish age. Yes. Yeah, that was really cool. So one takeaway from it, and I didn't even know, you know, we talked about thawing degree days and freezing degree days last year about how mm -hmm. things thaw and freeze. There are growing degree days. Oh, wow. So when it's above... 41 degrees Fahrenheit or 5 degrees Celsius, those are growing days where plant life grows. And the more plant life there is, the more energy there is, and the bigger the fish get quicker. So it's counted in days above 41 degrees or 5 degrees Celsius mm -hmm. for those that follow that. Mm -hmm. 
So the number of days above 41 degrees. So nothing really grows. It's a growing day above 41 degrees. And that's what is that um, water temperature? Do you think? Um, I assumed out degree temperature, but that's a good question. It doesn't say, but um, the person who sent this in um, certainly, you know, he knew his stuff. He did some studies with professors. Daryl H. Um, did some studies with professors and stuff. So this is like legit research, not just some guy on the couch making it up like us. <laughs> so he's saying that the DNR in most states has tons of data on this. Mm -hmm. And he poses an interesting thing. He says, there's a, he attached a study from uh, Ohio, age at length studies performed in walleyes in that state. Yeah, I actually attached it. It shows like in Lake Erie, if you look at it, it has like a chart and it shows like how old they are by how long they are. So, and this is average age and size. And so they can tell by, they said it's like a tree. If they look at a right bone every year, it mm -hmm. makes a ring on the bone and they can tell how old it is. So, you know, a, if you look in Lake Erie, um, which obviously every lake is different, um, Girls are bigger than boys. Yeah, we knew that about walleyes. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if you look at a male average walleye, 26-inch walleye, the average age of that fish is 15 years. Wow. So he also talked about a 20-year span that he'd researched, a 20-year span from 93 to 2012 for northern. Manitoba Lake, yep. right, so northern, so way up in Canada. And his results showed that fish were, fish were growing to a harvestable size two years sooner in 2012 than they did in 1993. And they were maturing only one year faster. Yep. So the, uh, his, then his point is you need to watch the age of the data you're looking at. Because yes. Because it's changing. Yep. Which we know the water bodies of water are constantly changing due to climate change yep. and uh, the zebra mussels, invasive species yep. impact on lakes. It impacts Which would be all that. the clarity of the lake, right? I mean, that makes a difference. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Science. How cool. I'll maybe, I think this walleye age by length, we can post that because I think it's just public data. I can put that yep. up there. Yeah. And uh, there should be other stuff too, so... Um, we really want to thank there's some there's some actually like 13 episodes probably just in this email i don't know that i'm smart enough to understand it all i'll put some highlights in there so um maybe i'll ask i'll ask him if he minds if uh daryl minds if i post that out there because to read the whole thing is pretty interesting so just his whole his whole email yeah 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 absolutely i i think um I feel like this is how the show's bigger than us because like, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't come up with this stuff. This is no, this is smart stuff. Um, age, what we're looking for is age at length. Okay. Yeah. So that's something like if we're trying to, if you're doing some, okay. So that's how you can connect. If you know that information, age at length information, you can connect stocking in lakes yep. to what you could expect then. Yeah, when to catch good sized fish? Because I, I think about that all the time. Because here in Iowa, most of there's a lot of stocking that goes on. Yeah, and it's not uncommon in a lot of states where they'll draw down a lake because of sediment 
infestation of something. They'll yeah. kill it off basically, and then start it over and restock. And the question yep. is, well, like <clears throat> when to fish it? Yeah. Like what year do you start? And so if you knew kind of age at length, I guess, and when they stocked it, couldn't you put together more of a educated guess as to when you should start hitting the lake? Well, I mean, according to this, like if you think about a, what, if, uh, I would say a 15 inch walleye is like a good eater, 15, 16 inch walleye, right? Those are, those are the ones you're going to want to take. Yeah. 16, 15, 16. 16. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in there. So if you look at this chart, this is like eerie, so it'll be different on your lake, but uh, you're going to want, you know, you're looking at a three-year-old fish about, okay. that's a three-year-old fish, um, you know. And it varies a little bit, like 2.9 for females versus 3.1 for males. But, um, yeah, I mean, on Lake Erie, now your lake might be different, right? I'm, yeah, mileage may vary. Right. The southern lakes are going to be faster, but I suppose walleyes don't yeah. like too warm. So I'm sure at some point it's diminishing returns, right? It gets too warm and they don't get as big. But, um, but yeah. So, like, when you catch a – and look how much it goes up. So, like, uh, you know, a keeper walleye, say a 16-inch walleye is three years – um, you know, you have to double that almost seven years to get to a 22 inch walleye, and then like a 29 inch walleye, you're talking, you know, 13, 15 years, right? I mean, wow, so it's got almost got a driver's license, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he mentioned a place called Research Gate on the internet, yeah, we gotta check that out. You can, yeah, that sounds like a good thing to do when you don't really want to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll have to check out. Gate. We'll have to get a link to that too on the website. So yeah, really cool. Thanks, Daryl. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks for contributing way more knowledge than we do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, fishing report. Jay, I'm hoping to go fishing this weekend, but currently it is snowing at my house, so we shall see. Oh, you're hoping to go. Open water. Open water fishing. Yes. I got to put my boat away this weekend. Well, that's why I'm going to do it because then I can <clears throat> put, get in the boat, fish, and then go home and put it away. So. Yeah. Yeah, I used it exactly one week this summer. Oh, well, you got it. And then you it got broke. It and it broke. Oh. And then I fixed it and I haven't had it out yeah. since. So. Sadness. Yeah. yeah, the reverse went out. In it. Yeah, I, I got to get the thing because my cover is not designed for snow. It'll be fine with. With yeah. a little bit of snow, but it is not going to be good for mega no, snow. Bad things start to happen. Yeah, I just got well, that. Expensive. Did you catch? Did you catch some good fish over the summer? Yeah, you know, I would say over the summer, my best fishing weekend. Um, we went to Red Lake like the weekend after opener, Minnesota opener, which would have been okay. probably like late May, probably May seventeenth. I'll say something. You know, not opener, but the weekend after. Um, I like going that weekend because everybody gets the opener out of their system and mm -hmm. there's still a lot of people fishing, but it's not quite as crazy as boat ramps at midnight and that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. People have calmed down a bit. Yeah. And we went to red, we had an awesome time. We caught tons of fish, like, um, big fish, lots of fish felt like cool. Lake of the woods. I mean, it was, it was good. <laughs> and it wasn't like we were special and the guys out there, doing the right thing i mean it was it was it was catching not fishing i mean it was well it's, it's good to have one of those every once in yeah time. it was it was awesome yeah i did not have that this summer i didn't fish a lot this summer um 
I, uh, as you know, we had bought a cabin over the winter, yeah. so I spent most of my free time this summer working on that and labor of love. So no, no lost feelings on that at all. But um, those are future memories. Eventually, it's going to be done, and you'll be out there in your boat. Oh, absolutely, and and trying to get it ready to use this winter for yeah. ice fishing. Quite frankly, Ooh. so uh, yeah, I, I'm hopeful. Depending on the water, you know, I'm going to be up uh, Thanksgiving weekend at the cabin. Yeah. Yeah. Working. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, fingers crossed. Yeah. If it's cold enough, I can run some tip ups. Yeah. That'd be awesome. While we're working. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I caught my first, so I caught a new species this year, Jay. A sheep's head. You ever catch a sheep? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. They're huge. Yeah. They're good. They're big. Yeah. I mean, you don't keep them, but they're fun to catch. Eat it. No, I did not eat it. I don't think you people eat, eat them. It. I don't know. Oh yeah, absolutely. You eat, people eat everything. Oh, I me? just I went. He went back in the lake. Let me get you a good sheep, listeners. If you could shed, send Jeff a good sheep's head recipe. Yeah, supposedly they have like jewels in their head or something they like do. that. Yeah, I think they're the ones that have like a pearl in their. Yeah, brain. some kind of calcium. Black and a sheep head with basil lime cream. I'm sure it's good. You can certainly eat them. They have a shellfish flavor that's both sweet and tasty. I mean, that sounds good. I mean, they're a very nutritious fish. Oh, well, they're huge and they're big, and I caught my first one. Uh, we I can't also, even remember if that's the one that like just bleeds all over your boat. I, it never really did. It, okay, that was the white, the you're thinking white fish. Those, what I don't know what the right proper word is for white fish. Yeah, there's something that when you get in your boat, it just bleeds all yeah, over. Yeah, we've tried to cook those before, they're not good. Yeah, you can smoke them, but don't eat them. We sure that's not sure. good. Um, Oh, you know, the other thing about red that was awesome. You know, it was the crappie lake and then it was the walleye lake. Now it's the walleye and crappie lake. Because we caught some nice crappies, like 14s, 15s out there. Wow. 14. That's cool. Maybe not a 15. I don't remember. But they were huge. That's cool. And not just one of them. (laughs) Right? Fishing like seven feet of water, right? I mean, it was super awesome. Yeah. So that was the highlight of my summer fishing trip, uh, Red Lake. And I can talk about Red Lake because like Mille Lacs or other lakes, it's not like you're giving away a secret up there, right? I mean, it's it's everybody knows. Yeah, you're not hot-spotting a no. major lake. You're not going to hot-spot Red Lake or Mille Lacs no. or, you know. No. no it's and, pretty you know, I had one realization that was interesting. So I, Red Lake, Upper and Lower Red Lake, are the biggest lakes in the state, right? But you can only fish part of them as a, you know, the public can only fish part of them. Um, it's way just so for people that don't know, that's because the other part's reservation. Yes, the other part's reservation. Right. Tri- or tribal right. lands. Yeah, I, yeah. So you don't. There's a line you don't go past mm-hmm. unless you are, yeah, you know, allowed on tribal land. It's not that much water, Jay. Like, I mean, I thought it was way bigger. It's a very small, really piece of water that you can fish. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's not like tiny, like you know, but. Compared to like Malax or something, it's not that much water. So it's not as big as like to figure it out what you can fish. It's actually there's not that. It's not no. that insurmountable. No, it's like when I fish <clears throat> when I fish Malax, I, I, there's a big lake there, and I probably should. But I go by the resort, and there's still plenty mm-hmm. of water for me to fish. So, yeah, absolutely. How was your week of fishing? Tough. Um, we, uh, you know, we go up to ten mile. Yep. And it's just so clear. Mm. You know, that lake is so clear and it just, uh, I don't know, the weather's been weird. And so during the day, well, I tell you the problem we had, 
and I don't know what the solution is. The rock bass are voracious. Oh. So you maybe there's walleyes there, but you couldn't keep a lure down long <laughs> enough to find it. I mean, so anything you went, anything you threw, um, and I I tried. You know me. I'm. Oh yeah, you're. You're, persistent yes persistent that's a good word persistent, persistent. Yes. so i mean i tried every hour of every day literally wow um i tried to get up before the stupid rock bass woke up i tried to go out and stay out later than i hoping they would go to sleep um you know so anywhere from four in the morning from the front end out to the back end to 4 a.m wow um wow couldn't keep them off so even like Everything from a tiny jig to the biggest stupid <laughs> rapala thing I owned in my box. Rapalas, I would huh? catch, yeah, huge rapalas, medium rapalas, jigs, worms, minnows, hmm. leeches. Didn't matter. I oh. controlled dynamite, and they would chomp on it and pull them into the boat and blow <laughs> them over the smithereens. They're just, just, yeah. just overrun, overrun with them. Huh? I wonder. Now, if you want to take a five-year-old fishing and have them catch fish like crazy, yeah, beautiful. But man, it just, it, it was impossible for, for me. I'm sure there's ways to do it. Tried jigging, tried fast trolling, tried slow trolling. Um, years ago, I caught a bunch of walleyes up there at night, fast trolling in the middle of the night. Sure. Like 100 feet of water. Wow. Not depth, but in right. a, over the big basins. Yep. Pulling rapples at like three mile an hour. Wow. Okay. Big deep divers. Yep. And you know what I caught? What? Rock bass. <laughs> rock bass. Rock bass. Wow. Um, so good, though, that I I developed the rock bass flip to where, because you, you touch mm. them and they you know they flop mm-hmm. and they yep. play all over your boat. Yep. So I got to the point where I had a little needle-nose pliers, and I'd hold them up, and I'd, I'd grab the hook with the needle-nose, yep. give a little twist, and off they Just, go. And they so go. After yeah. a thousand repetitions, I, I could <laughs> unhook them without over the edge of the boat so they didn't pee in my boat. And poop all over. Why, why does your sm- your boat smell like rock bass pee? <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the mayfly. It, it was it was a tough week. The mayflies were out. So at night, Ooh. you know, at after dark, you had to keep all the lights off. Otherwise, every time you turn the light on, you're just like mob. Oh. So, Couple but of, it was, you know, yeah. it's fishing. So yeah. I love being out. Yeah. Um, I would say the highlight was we went back to a lake we had been previously Went back to where um, the crappies I thought were, and they were still there. We caught a nice, a nice Nice. amount for a nice meal in about two hours, and left, and it was great. So I mean, we had had a, you know, that was the highlight too of of still being able to put on on some fish. So yeah, that was my trip. Had a good time, but not as good as ice fishing. Not as good as ice fishing. No, no, I was hot. I sweated. I have never been attacked by mayfly <laughs> ever in my life. I, I was out there one time. It was so bad, the mayflies. I remember I, I when I came home, I ordered from Amazon one of those face nets. Yes. Because you, you, I know they don't bite, but you go crazy. No. You go crazy. You do. They fly I mean, in your nose. They're in your eyes. Oh, they're in your ears. They're everywhere. And then you're driving the boat at 30 miles an hour, and they're bouncing off your forehead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't have a wind shove a tiller. You know, uh, so. yeah. yeah. I mean, that's another show, but I, I'm a tiller person also. I prefer that. Absolutely. But there again, not ice fishing. No. So. Yes. But it's it's this first season, so we got to kind of wrap up this summer. Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah, a fishing good summer, report. though. Yeah. Went fast. Holy it did. Crap. It was a good summer, though. I agree. 
But everybody looks at me, you know, I've been walking around and everybody's like, ah, it's so cold. And I'm like, yeah, it's so cold. <laughs> bring it on, man. It's so cold. I know, it's so cool. I know that first bite when it's like 26 degrees, because it's been like 26 degrees here, you know, and yeah, it's like, woof, got to get used to that. So, oh, it's wonderful. Love it. All right. Drive around with the windows open. Yeah. <laughs> gotta, you got to get ready. Yeah. Put your hand out in the cold. Get, you stick your hand out the window, so get really, really cold where you can barely feel it, you know, so that way when you're, you're ready, you gotta you got to get tough. <laughs> you need to get a picture of that, of Jason driving around with this window open, and it's like 26 degrees. Head right? out, happy, yeah. smiling. Yes. Yeah. All right, what else we got? Current events. Oh, we got show business first, Jay. Oh, there's no business. Jazz yes. hands. Show business. Just a reminder, in case you're new or forgot, <laughs> Best place to interact with us on social media or Instagram and Facebook. Jeff, did you get a do we do we do a hard water what's the new Twitter thing? Oh we have it's X. We have no, X. No, but Facebook, Instagram's got one now. Oh uh, I don't the, know. No, we uh, don't have that. We don't have that. That thing. No. That new thing. That everybody threads, threads. No threads. That everybody joined and everybody quit. Yeah, I, I don't think. know. Never used it. Right, we might go to threads. We'll find out. <laughs> um, website, hardwatershow.com. You can find us on YouTube. Um, you can also email us at hardwatershow at gmail. We're back to checking our stuff again, mm-hmm. so thank you. We'll, we'll be, I guess we are on X at Hardwater Show. I don't yep. know that. I've never tweeted or Twittered or Xed, I guess, but I might. Um, or Xed. Yeah. <laughs> Did we have any fact checks over the summer? I felt like we had some emails, but maybe we didn't. It was more just the, the about the fish length. I think that was the only one that kind of okay. came in. But. So just a friendly reminder on fact-checking. You have to fact-check before the next episode is out for it to be a valid fact-check. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's simply informational, and it's not actually a fact-check. <laughs> it has to be done pretty quickly, although, and it'll be noted. Otherwise, the information stands as true and accurate yes. for the length of time that we exist. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> current events jeff take it away current events this is i saw this today vexlar this got big sold. news it got yeah. sold i think the same he, guy had been running it since like 95 i guess i saw a picture he he was ready probably to get to do something different yeah probably yeah he was he's he was an older individual for sure yeah. and i say that with a lot of respect because he, he ran a good company yeah yeah they've been around a long time uh, and it, by all reports, very customer service focused for a lot of years. Uh, very customer service focused. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I listened to the another ice fishing podcast because um, there's a few of us out there, um, and they were covering Vexlar. They had some Vexlar people on there, and um, I mean they were talking about fixing, still fixing machines that were made in like the late '80s. Like people yeah. would send them in and they'd fix them. Just just the act that a company fixes things like yeah. i'll yeah i'll i'll never forget my first experience with that the change of that so i don't know we're it's the first show of the season i'm just gonna <laughs> ramble so i had bought i was in my 20s and yep. i had bought a coat from shields yep. and it was like bear mountain outfitters or something right. right it sounded really outdoorsy like had this cool brand and i spent my hard-earned money on it should have bought a carhartt quite frankly but I bought this coat. Well, after like two months, a zipper broke or pulled out. Something broke on the coat. 
So I found the company yep. and I called them and I said, can you fix my coat? They're like, we don't fix coats. I'm like, well, it just <laughs> broke. I mean, can I send it to you and you can fix it. You make coats. Surely right. you can fix, them. fix this. Right. Like we don't make the coats. I'm like, but you're not, you're this company, this outdoors company. Right. No, we just sell coats. <laughs> like, so then it's all fake. Mm-hmm. And she's like, is there anything else I can do for you, sir? I said, <laughs> no. Oh, gosh. And I threw the coat away. I was so mad. Like, oh. It's like, but I don't know where yeah. I'm going with that. But it's nice to have a company that, that made something and fixed something. It was their product. Yep. It wasn't manufactured overseas somewhere in some they said as long as you don't drive over it we can probably fix it right like i mean they said like you know the circuit boards will be hanging out and they put a new case on it or whatever so yeah yeah so yeah and that, that was the k drill they also make the k drill so that got sold with it too so uh ice is forming jay did you see this is it forming on the frog pond no, this is on Wacon Bay in Malax Lake. No, no kidding. I wouldn't necessarily go walking on that, but it may hinder my fishing this weekend if if there's ice out there. I can't go bring my open water boat. My my Lund might not float on that. Well, you know what would our buddy up in uh, Rainy Lake, Rainy River, do? He'd just push it across the ice. Yeah, Charlie Darmer. Yeah, he would Charlie totally. Darmer. He would totally push it across there. I suspect this is like a quarter of an inch thick or something. I don't. I don't think you're gonna. You probably bust right through that. But yeah. But yeah. So that's out there. There was a thing about being a Minnesota ice observer. I don't know. I was looking for ice report things, and the DNR has a website, the Minnesota DNR. But there's currently no ice anywhere. So. No, no, not. But at the rate we're going, it's not going to be long. It, it, you know, like I said, I'm hoping by the first, uh, the first week and uh, right there, the right before Thanksgiving. There. Oh, this is the fish nation, fish fish house nation podcast. That was the one I was listening to that they talked about Vexlars. Um, oh yeah couple things i listen to the podcast is really good i mean listen to ours also but you can listen to others he they had the guys from vexlar um on the show right mm-hmm. they gave some super in-depth stuff about vexlars and of course they know what every button and switch does and everything i set mine to auto you know mostly just to make it work all that stuff there is so many options that nobody uses I mean, I just want to turn it on. And I want, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm offending some people here, but I'm an automatic kind of person. I want to fish. I don't want to be boop. Yeah. My advice is do this. So this is this is ice fishing preparation stuff. Yes. A little advice: take the manual for your ice fishing gadget. Your and throw it out flasher. the window. No. <laughs> Put it next to the crapper. Oh. The and keep your phone out of the bathroom. It's unhygienic. Anyway. <laughs> and read the manual from now until first ice when you're in the restroom. Jason, why does your Vexler manual have, have brown fingerprints on it? I, no. If you're doing if it has then you're not doing it right. <laughs> well, I thought you were gonna use the, the pages for wiping. No. <laughs> why you're 
you're doing your business like people okay. used to do in the days of old. They'd read a magazine, or they'd read the back, they'd read the back of the Lysol bottle, or whatever you needed to is get that, through. Is that the late twentieth century that you're talking about? There's just people. I guarantee most of our listening audience knows exactly what I'm talking about. Now, some of our younger folks don't know what it's like to poop without a phone. <laughs> do, you, do you know how to poop without a phone? Question mark. But they don't. Maybe they're like, what do I do? What do I do? And I bet you they'd pick up the Lysol bottle and like the rest of us used to have. Okay. Okay. So, down, this show's going down the toilet. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, what so, a crappy deal. Yeah. <laughs> I can keep going. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to swirl down here. So, so back at Vexlar's, after you've read your manual on the crapper, um, <laughs> um, front to back. Uh, so, he did have a couple things that you maybe don't, can skip this page and when you're in the crapper. But, um, so they both said. And these guys work for Vexlar and like fix them and know them to like how to fix them level. Um, when they put their transducer in the ice, in the hole, it's a couple inches below the water, not at the bottom of the hole. And they use an arm to get the transducer in the middle of the hole. That is their preferred way to do it. Well, that's interesting since they saw them with a float. Yeah, well... Huh. That, that's what they do. They said... So, they, so Markham was right. They had the arm... Yep. That you, that's how the Markhams work. So just keep that in mind. That's not how so, I usually put mine at the bottom of the ice. So. so center of, so then it's kind of in the way, but they're only putting it a couple inches so you underneath don't, the water. So when you get a fish, you don't like pull your thing and chuck it and everything. Yeah. You just move yeah. the arm out of that's, the way. Huh. I always thought it had to be at the bottom of the ice. Does not. But they they preferred it to be in the middle so that you could get the best because your line's in the middle you, and your line's sure. next to it. So, so huh? And it wouldn't get tangled in the line if it's only a couple inches below the water. That's, well, mine probably still would get tangled. Yeah, but less tangled. But you know, when you get a fish, you don't have to have somebody. You get a big fish off somebody to like pull the the transducer out of the hole and all that jazz. Very interesting. Um, the other one that I really thought was interesting was they explained how to get rid of interference. If you have interference, they said you have to start and have everybody turn their vex. So if you have four guys in a shack in each one of them, you know, you get interference. So if you have one that's old and doesn't have interference rejection, they turn that one up first. And then the next person turns theirs on and, and hits the, interference rejection until it goes away then the next person turns this on because otherwise you got people pushing buttons and anybody's yeah, getting we've done this yeah and then you turn the mark them on and screw up the whole <laughs> and then everybody goes jason please leave <laughs> then you hire yes. a hitman on the mark yeah and steal it from my garage but yeah they talked about gain and you know all kinds of interesting stuff so cool so um went to my first ice show jay on Saturday. First ice show this season. This season, yes. Not yeah. ever. <laughs> I mean, I go to like four a season. This was like 10 minutes from my house. Well, not not everybody not everybody listens to some of this their first time listening. So this is the coolest gadget I saw there. So right this, now I just see a guy in jeans with his hands in his pockets. Well, but look in the middle. 
Oh, hang on. I'm going to move something out. I got forced. I got split screen. <laughs> I'm like, yes, there's a guy with a hand in his pocket, but next to him is a device. Okay, what am I looking at here? It's got a net. Okay. Is that for netting fish in a fish hole? That's exactly what that is. Are you kidding me? Nope. That's what it's for. It's like the crappie coffin. You remember those where it had like a flap? I do. Um, kind of the same idea. You can have a fish measurer, and it also has, you can use it to scoop the hole out. Oops, so this flushed. looks like an old fat guy tool. Uh, that's exactly what it is. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. in or which includes me. So yeah, yeah, right. For those of you that don't know me, I'm robust enough to need a tool <laughs> like this because it's when you're sitting in your ice shack yes. seat and your hole is a little bit in front of you and down to lean over and try to scoop a fish out requires to get down yes. on your knees versus just bending. So yep, it's called Icelander nets. Yeah, uh, what but it, it looks like kind of a panfish deal. Could be. I mean, it has a bigger fish there. Um, American-made, veteran-owned. So, cool. so, yeah. So I thought that was cool. It was the most interesting gadget I saw there. Uh, I that think, is cool. I think the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show will have more gadgets, but I am drawn to gadgets like this. And Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. I, I uh, So did you get one of these? I did not. I looked at it, and I got a piece of paper to look at a qr code to see if i want to buy you know it. where else that would be really helpful is in a fish house like a drop oh, down shack or a sure. non drop down shack that had the sleeves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that'd be slick for that and i like the measure the ruler seemed really smart to me putting the ruler well, in there it, yeah it's a two-in-one at least yeah. kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. so there's that huh um oh there's a picture of him using it see he's got it it flips up the handle like pulls and he's got his fish Okay, so he's kind of using it to guide said fish. Yeah, it doesn't cover the whole hole like the the crappie coffin had like a flap, right? It would like close the hole. This is just more of a scoop. So it is it vertical? You'll have to put these pictures up. So right now, the the uh, net is horizontal to the vertical shaft of the the scoop. Right. So you put. So it- It'd be in line. You'd put it down the hole. You'd pull the handle, and it would make a flat thing, and you'd scoop your fish up the hole. So once you get it past the fish, and the fish is at least somewhat in the hole, then you'd flip it and go. Yes. Okay. Okay. But think about like some of those walleye situations, to be honest. I mean, you have to have an assist, or you're getting your arm in the water to help lift it up, and maybe it's better for the fish. I don't know. I'm telling you, I can can see some merit to this in a fish house or... um, depending on your flexibility. And they had sure. different sizes for the different size holes. and Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Neat product. I thought it was cool. So that was my... Uh... Okay. So then this next picture, moving on to big clam stuff. Do you see clam now has a big door that's not a size of a uh, Dorito? Yeah, so what we're looking at is a hub shack that looks square, which is cool. Yes. Instead of octagonal. Yes. And has a nice big D sized door. Yeah, it's the X four hundred thermal by clamp. But yeah, the door so it has big. a little thing to step over, but you don't have to make yourself triangle shaped to go through the door. You do not have to be a Dorito or a taco chip. <laughs> I have to be a Dorito to get through the door. I see it still has a Dorito door in the back. Yes, it, there's only one big. So door. if you, if, in case you are fishing with a Dorito shaped, <laughs> yeah, yes. you have an appropriate size door. That was your brother that came up with the Dorito thing. <laughs> I so. know. I think it's great. 
So this X400 <laughs> thermal, that's a nice looking hub shaft. Yeah. yeah I, I like the square. I like the square yeah. concept. So so I'm I'm torn, and I feel like you'd have to use it. The other brands do not have a floor in the door. Like there's it's yeah. just ice. So there's nothing to trip over. This still could trip over. However, I'm guessing that this seals to the ice and is a little better for that. So it's pro con, right? Like Yeah, because some of those doors get hard to operate because they splay out. Right. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I mean and that's not much of a jump over. It's not. It and the um, door is super wide, like bigger it's it's half of the shack side and it's probably Yeah. It's it, substantial. It's big. So I really like losing these. some real estate though, kind of in the shack. Yeah, you're right because of the size of the door. You are you are right, but um, I I suspect my otter cabin will be going for sale, and I'll be getting something like this. I don't know which one yet. Might be the clam, might be the otter. I don't know yet, but going with the big dog again. I mean, you're big. No, big no, not, this is. I wouldn't get the big one. That one I don't use enough to justify um, the. For my basically two man portable is what Your I two use. man portable, yeah, sure. Smaller the cabin size for the otter, or this is actually bigger, but um, I like the lightweight. It, yeah, there is more fussiness though. There is a pole that has to be inserted here, and it takes mm. a little more work. But you know, at the end of the day, if you're going to set up and camp there for a while, it's probably another minute or something, right? I mean, it's not that much. Yeah, probably less less intrusive on a. Uh... Well, I mean, there's poles on a flip over too. You got to put in. Yeah, there is. So I mean, it's and and yep. if it's not windy, you don't have to put the poles in. So it's like a flip over in that way. So I don't yep. Know. So all right, okay. So this is the big dog here, the X six hundred thermal. Um, now it's back to the octagonal or whatever shape. This is octagonal. Like this is the big one. Like we slept in. You could camp in this one, right? Why does it have a pole in the center? So they put a pole in there. Um, they said people in Montana use these to hunt out of, and there's snow, like oh, and so it's a so support. that's only if needed. Yes, it's not required, but they have a new pole. They must have enough market in Montana huh. to go use these for hunting in the because people use these for camping. I mean, it's thermal. Absolutely. It's, well, I mean, really, it's smart. I mean, I mean, it would make a wonderful hunt shack if you're going to rough it. When I was it's in, insulated and everything, I went to to Yellowstone this summer, which by the way was awesome. Um, and we stayed, you know, we we're like eight thousand feet, but it was June, and it was twenty six degrees. We froze our buns off. It would have been nice to have a thermal shack. I should have brought that. If only you had a thermal shack. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, you do. Yeah. But anyway, so it has the big door, um, mm -hmm. is octagon. The other innovation they had the pole for that's more for when I mean, I don't think for ice fishing you'd ever do that. If it snowed that much, you you might go home. Uh, and then the other thing is it has integrated LEDs in sewn into the shack. Nice. So you don't mess with them. You still need a battery, but you don't ever take them up or down. They're just built in. They're flexible. They're not going to break. You know, they're like LED strips that are in the fabric. So you have built in huh. lights. So that is powered by what then? You need a battery. Like they had you a. You bring one of your little 12 volt battery. Yeah, they had one. They had like a, what am I going to call it? A. Vexilar battery, you know what that's. So size. they're twelve volt. They're the twelve yep. volt. Okay. Yeah. But I'm sure you could think of something lighter weight. I told them they need to sew a battery into the thing too, but you know, like make the skin a battery or have solar, but then that gets solar. Yeah, that's really 
make it a nine thousand. <laughs> but maybe that, you get a tax credit. <laughs> the, the LED lights I thought were cool. That um, is cool. And and so I thought it was cool. Okay. So this next thing, um, we've seen this, right? The problem is you have batteries that are lithium ion and you're out in the lake, right? And your batteries get cold. This is a heated powered bag. I love the human capacity to think up a thing to solve a problem that creates another problem that somebody thinks up a thing to solve the problem <laughs> that then creates another problem that someone thinks up a thing to solve the problem. <laughs> yeah. So it's called 42 things yes. later. It's called freeze we, armor. Yes. We now have a cooler that heats a thing that heats our batteries. Yep. And the cooler is made out of uh, a rubber membrane that heats up. It's not like the zigzag wire going through it. So you can take this bag, it's a soft sided cooler kind of material with a heater built into it, put your batteries in it, and they chart and they warm the battery bag while you're out there. So, um, yeah. So now, does it, does this is not specific to a particular brand? It is not. It was by the Ice Team booth. So I have to believe it's a clam product or related to clam. It's made in the USA. I don't know, but it was like with all the other clam stuff. So, so what would be cool to me on that if it was integrated charging too? So like, I could keep my batteries in it and keep them warm. And I took it home and then I just plugged the bag oh. in and charged, charged the batteries. Like in. they were all like wrecked. I suppose there's so many different kinds of batteries that just, I know, but yeah, you know, if it, yeah. well, not really. I mean, Dewalt. Yeah. In Milwaukee, if yeah. you did those two, yeah, you'd get ninety percent of the market. Yeah, but then every, yeah, I mean, you went right. They had these there; they were cool. I thought yeah. this was new and innovative and interesting. It's cool. So. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Um, okay, so this next one. So part of the show is build your own ice shack, like trick or trap kind of stuff. Tricky, yeah, sure. So um, this guy had one of the most interesting builds I saw there. Um, he has like an Otter flip-over shack XT Pro, you know, one of the yep. nice Otter flip-overs. So basically it flips into a box and it all shuts up. And then your four-wheeler can go in the back of the trailer and you, you know, he said it weighs a couple thousand pounds or maybe 1,500 pounds. I don't remember how much, but so... You have a hard floor, put your four-wheeler on there, you can drag it around. Um, it's basically the most tricked-out trap I've ever seen. Yeah, that's got a lot going on there. So Pretty cool. Got, it's for sale by the looks of it. Did you buy it? I did not buy it, but it's it's got a TV in it. It's, you know, I mean, it's it's crazy. Cool. Um, here's the Otter. So the Otter version of the Pro Door, which they've had for a while. So... Essentially, it's the same as the clam, but notice that the floor has no, mm -hmm. there's nothing on the floor, which could be nice because then you won't trip over it. Um, but I could see the floor, you know, being nice to have a seal too. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess if somebody has used both of them, I mean, nobody's used the clam ones because they're literally brand new this year and, you know, only pros have had them out last year to test them or something. Yeah, I'd be curious on some feedback on how that door as you use it throughout a day, it stays to open and close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, what would be cool is like, you know, I've saw these tents, like speaking of Yellowstone again, I did like camping this summer. 
there are tents now that have like a hard wire in the door so you can yep. open and close yeah. it. <laughs> Coleman has that. It's yeah. not even, yeah, that's a big D door and it, yep. it kind of, it has a zipper, but also has kind of magnetic closure. Yeah. Which is nice if you got kids in and out because mm-hmm. it just shuts and they're not doing the zipper. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that's too far, but I could see that being cool, a cool feature. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. Um, okay, so this is another custom one. So they've got an Outbreak 450i, but then they basically built a big fancy sled in the middle and made out of plywood with a tall tray to put stuff on. I don't know what the tall tray is for. What would you describe that as, Jay? A metal tray? It's like a surgical table. <laughs> I mean, like, you clean your fish up there? I'm not sure. Um, so my problem with this kind of build, I mean, everybody has their own purpose, but the weight, I mean, you're not going to walk out with something like this. It's got three boat seats and it's made out of half inch plywood with, with diamond plate corners. I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty cool. As long as, yeah, as long as you have a, a four wheeler or a sled pickup truck, (laughs) So. And then a health, a bunch of guys to lift it in and out of a tree. Yeah, I mean, but it's cool. I mean, it's good. I'm looking at this picture. The craftsmanship is cool. Oh, I I couldn't even touch the craftsmanship here. It's cool. I like the I guess the table you can hang stuff on, like your jacket yeah. and stuff. That's kind of nice. Yeah. So, I don't know, just a table. I'm I'm curious what the. T- so sometimes the people would be sitting there, like that first one I showed you. The guy talked to me about it and told me about uh-huh. it. There was nobody here. It just was sitting here so um you know it was a hub shack with a sled box full of stuff mm-hmm. and like really fancy smitty sled maybe i don't know all right and this is another just kind of tricked out pretty much a flip over with mm-hmm. just a bunch of you know they put a piece of plywood in the top and a nice boat seat and yeah yeah pretty nice but standard stuff so all right, this is one of those Bay Runners. They don't make these anymore. Oh, yeah, the good old Bay Runner. That's a nice. That's a nice tricked out Bay Runner. Yeah. So he's got. It's also for by sale. For it sale is. I don't know why so many people have theirs for sale. I guess, but uh, nice thing here is you're sitting in your your thing, your sled, and you can fish. He's got like a little look at that seat again. Back to the craftsmanship. He's got a seat that has little skis on it, like a skinny yeah. sled. You see that? It's all aluminum. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you yeah, guys it spreads left... the weight out, locks into the to the floor of the oh, shed. It fits in this little yeah. Fits in the grooves. Yeah, we'll put pictures of this stuff out there too, but we'll probably put this video out here when we do. Um, so he's got his everything in front of him, which is pretty cool, like his finder and his tools, and his he's got a nice little heater there. So yeah, that's cool. Nice little trick. Um, okay, this is the last thing, probably not, probably least, but. Um, looking at some wheelhouses, there's a lot of cool stuff, obviously, but, um, people put a hose and you put it down your hole for water in your ice shack. So it like pumps it in for like washing your hands or something. I don't know what it all hooked to, but it basically pumps the lake water into your shack for use, I guess. So, okay. I don't know. I think you'd have to be careful with what you use that water for and where it goes after you're done using it. So I, I think this is the RV edition, so it's got tanks and stuff, but I, I, I don't have water in mine because water and winter are, are tough, right? Yeah. So, yeah, very tough. So, 
Cool. So that was that was my show thing. I thought I'd share it with you, the cool things yeah, I saw. I'm jealous you got to go scratch the itch a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I um, I walked, and I meant to put a post, I never did. Walked into Bass Pro Shop. Oh. And uh, they had ice fishing stuff. They were starting to put ice fishing stuff out. Cool. So that was cool. Everybody's got their stuff out. I mean, like, it's out. If you want to go to whatever your store is, they got it. So Yeah, it's starting to get... Well, they didn't. Have, they weren't fully deployed yet. Uh, they had uh, they had the shacks hanging, but they hadn't really unboxed. Mm. Like, they didn't have all the lures and stuff out yet. Gotcha. There is a link here. Maybe I'll put it out here. It had a list of all the ice shows coming up. Um, I went to the this one. So, Dakota Ang- Ice Angler Institute is coming up on November 10th or 12th in Sioux Falls. That's a big one. I think almost as big as St. Paul. Shields Fest is going on. Shields does a bunch of ice fishing stuff at their stores. I think those are all over the place. And then um, the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show is December 1st through 3rd. Obviously, that's that's the big show, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, I think we're hoping to go. And yeah, so there's a Duluth one also up in December 8th through 10th, but hopefully we're ice fishing by that point. So, Hopefully. Hopefully. Gear. So I got a new ice fishing case off of Facebook because I didn't like the one I bought last year because it was too big. Yeah, they can get really big. So I bought one. Ron had it. Um, it's this two... I got it right here. Two Brothers. Oh, yeah. Yep, I've seen. I've I've looked at those. So, it's nice. Um, it's much smaller. I think it's the smaller version because there's two versions. I wanted the smaller one. It's got like a little spot to put your tools and a couple pockets for your. Essentially, uh-huh. you, know, you don't need more than that for lures. And nope. then It holds four rods in here. Four rods oh, cool. in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the guy I bought it from customized it and put some black duct tape because these edges were sharp and were beating up his rods. Okay. So I don't know. He bought it last year and decided he didn't want to ice fish anymore. And I got it for sixty bucks versus one twenty. Nice. Yeah. So, nice. <laughs> so, so yeah. I was excited about that. I don't know what I'm gonna do with my old one. There's a couple things I want to get rid of this year. Probably the shuttle I bought last year that I don't like. Yeah. And. I also want to get a new ice shack because I want one with a big door, so we'll probably be moving on some of the old, older ones. So, well, I did a, a few things with gear um, over the summer, which we can cover more extensively in another show. Yeah, uh, you know, I I bought a I bought a thing, Jeff. Uh oh, oh yeah, with what? a friend of mine. Yeah, co owner, co owner, co owner of a thing. Yeah, um, a, a homemade snow dog. Yes. Was purchased. So we'll cover that more in depth, perhaps, at a next show. So just a little teaser on that. Well, we're going to have to get videos and stuff, too. Yeah, we'll have to do some video yeah. and, and some... The guy the guy we bought it from made it, obviously, is homemade. We did not make it, because I'd still be making it. <laughs> but he did a really nice job, so I'll, I'll share that. And then um, at the end of last season, I don't think we talked about this... I think I said I was gonna, but I actually, and we'll talk. I'll talk more in the next show, so that once again a little teaser. Yep. I actually modified, believe it or not, my own ice shack. Oh yeah. My clam Kenai. Yeah. 
I, I did, did you have a video for that one, or that was your brother? I have. I t- my brother-in-law had yes. bought the same shock, shock, uh, shack, and that video is thinks on our on our YouTube. Yep. Um, and I did my own mod of, and I took some video, and maybe I'll edit it. I not apparently a very good video person <laughs> um, at all. Yeah. So I tried, and then the more I did that, I realized that I don't let people want to see my really messy garage. Um, <laughs> So maybe I'll take some other video just explaining what I did and put that on our Facebook. I try or or whatever it is, YouTube yeah. thing. I tried to do it as I was going and it, you know, yeah. next thing you know, I'm 16 steps down the road. Hmm. It's not, it wasn't super complicated, but I think it's a great mod for that slide. No, I'm, um, that's exciting. So I'll show that. Maybe, maybe we'll do that on our next show. Then. Yeah. Talk about that. That sounds good. All right. Well, um, think we're almost at the end here i i threw a couple ads in here but there was i thought it was interesting i saw you can order worms online seems like I, that, something i should yeah, do yeah it's the thing forever you've been able to buy bait online i didn't know that so yeah. used to build they used to have ads for earthworms in the back of field and stream magazines oh yeah maybe i'm gonna have to get that because mm-hmm. popular science and all those magazines were it's used to before the internet's and then I saw that this was just an ad, but it was for that clam that we previewed, and they called it clamping. I'm out just on that. <laughs> the wheelless ice camping setup. So they're basically saying camp on the ice in our mm-hmm. big shack, you know, with the big door instead of a wheelhouse. So see, it's clamping. I thought that was, and they call that door the max entry door system. They're good at marketing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So tonight on the Hardware Fishing Show, we are joined by Oli, and Oli joined us to talk about the shuttle that he got for his really, really awesome piece of equipment that he's going to give to Jason and I after the show. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. going to get a new one. And yeah, give us yeah. One. So um, he's yeah. got the what forward-facing sonar or Garmin Live Scope um, is what they're called, which is super awesome, and I've got to use one, don't have one yet. But you would think, okay, you know, you get the the Live Scope, you're set. But, the trick now. No, but we've seen some like last year on Lake of the Woods, we saw some really ugly stuff like drilling five holes in the lake to get your <laughs> we're not we're not talking about that. <laughs> so so what the point is if you do not have the proper shuttle and setup for your live scope when you're ice fishing, you will spend more time fighting with it than you will fishing. So Ole had a really awesome setup. We were going across Lake of the Woods. And he was able to keep it safe when we're going 25 miles an hour in the back of snowmobiles and such. And um, really good setup. So we wanted to have him come on the show and talk about uh, why he chose the shuttle that he did for his live scope and how it worked. Yeah. I, I mean, I got to tell you, Jeff, I was I had a lot of concerns when Ole got this live scope. I'm like, the last thing we need is something that'll take us more time to set up and break down. And none of that was the case. Not at all. Couldn't be further from the truth. Um which was just awesome. So, Ole, take it away. Sure. So, uh, I can't really take a ton of credit. Like, I had done a ton of research on the the shuttle choice, nor the uh, ice rod or ice pole for the deucer. Um, it was kind of one of those deals. I had done a lot of research um, comparing the, the various brands of forward technology and uh, kind of landed with Garmin and then 
at the store, you know, they said, here's the, the setup that we do the uh, most common for people. And they even had videos to show you how to get all the bits set up, right? And Jeff, you've been through it with your hummingbird. I mean, it's not a quick thing to get all that stuff wired. And, and then I had these uh, delusions of grandeur, like I was going to take it out and mount it really nice on the console of my boat and all that. And then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to get the brick that goes on the rail and try, try it just in the shuttle itself. And, uh, you know what, that works just fine. Hmm. And when you start looking at what it would mean to move everything from the shuttle into the boat, and obviously you're doing that twice a year, right? In the spring and the fall, whatever, that's a lot of time. And, I just don't think it's really all that worth it. I'm probably going to get a second brick for a rail on the front of the boat in the bow, um, just to give me a little more convenience if I wanted to fish up there. Um, but uh, the shuttle itself is working great for both the ice and, and the open water. It's pretty compact. I can't imagine it being any smaller. Um, I guess it's the fin gear shuttle getting to the, yep. the actual one that I, I purchased. Um, it's just big enough to hold the battery inside and the wiring. It does have a charge port built into the, the side of it. So when you're going to charge it, you just plug right into the unit and, uh, um, you're all set. You're not having to do alligator clips like you used to way back on the old Bexelars and stuff. The brains, because it's a Garmin, uh, the I don't know what you call it, the computer, I guess, um, that does all the technology. That's a really heavy piece for this forward technology. Uh, Hummingbird, it's all built into the deucer, so it's not on the, it wouldn't be at the shuttle, but for uh, both Lawrence and Garmin, it is. And that's what makes the unit really heavy to carry, actually. Uh, it's good that you have live technology so you can drill a hole and scan 100 feet all the way around because you don't want to carry that thing around much, right? <laughs> yeah. It is portable, but it's not enjoyable to carry. Uh, my only gripe, I guess, about the shuttle is the handle is uh, aluminum, um, and it's the same thickness as the aluminum for the rest of the entire container. And with that weight, that cuts into the fingers a little bit Mm. it does have two little fillets that are bolted on the side kind of like you would put handle on a knife type of fillets you could replace those with something a little thicker and make it a little more friendly on the hand and i've seen some people just wrap it with duct tape to kind of smooth the edges out but the ice uh rod or i can't remember if that's that's not the right term is it the what you put the deucer on the pole, the ice pole. Pole, pole, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, um, that actually can saddle in between the the back of the head unit and the handle. Sure. So it's kind of self-contained, and you can still get your mittens above that to carry it. And so if you're if you are doing a little running and gunning, you can have the whole live scope in one hand and your rod and ice scoop and whatever in the other uh so it works well for that whereas if i did wrap that handle in styrofoam i wouldn't be able to fit the the ice rod in there sure so um it's 
good enough. Plus, you usually have gloves on anyway, right? So yeah, I wear choppers. That's just fine. No big so, deal. Only what was the brand of that shuttle? One more time. Fin Gear, F-I-N Gear. Fin Gear, okay. And yep. and it's it's, me- it's shuttle. It's made of metal, right? Like like. Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, aluminum. Yeah, aluminum. It's okay. actually, I think, it's two pieces that end up just it's all screwed together. Okay. Um, so it's fairly simplistic. Um, yeah. like I said, it just fits everything really well. And I know you mentioned like the, this is going to sound really detailed, but, um, I bought a shuttle for my Helix seven last year, which much lighter than a forward facing sonar, but I wanted a different shuttle and the, you know, the, I'm going to say the finish was pretty rudimentary. It was like a 3d printed thing. And I, I really was not very impressed with the finish on it, but it sounds like from what I remember when I saw the fin gear one, when we were fishing, it was pretty well finished. I know you mentioned like the, maybe the handle wasn't as thin or as easy to, but the edges were polished and like, you weren't going to cut yourself on it and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really well done. Um, the, uh, the 3d printing, I, I hear what you're saying. So the, the ice pole that I have, it's telescopic, which is really nice. Right. Uh, I think it can get to be like seven feet long, but it shrinks down to just under three, I think. Um, so that makes it a little more portable, right? Cause it's kind of a pain to deal with something seven feet long, yeah. especially if you're trying to sit in a portable shack, um, and maneuver things around. But that has 3d printed tripod and the top, handle that you use that kind of gives you an indicator of direction of where your forward technology is pointing. Yep. Um, those are also 3d printed, but they're not the whole box. Right? Yeah. It's just some things on a pole. It doesn't need to be super fancy. It's yeah. plenty nice. And yep. that's actually a summit brand. I believe was the brand of that pole. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask um, you. The brand is the pole. Yeah. And so summit is the brand of that. And, so there's a lot of different brands out there for all of these things. And you, you just start talking to others and finding out what people like and what they don't. Um, this spring, I actually bought the, the summer pull to okay. go onto the side of the boat. Um, I ended up going with Finn gear again. Um, I had been sold actually by the store on uh, Blue city. Okay. And then I happened to talk to uh, a friend of mine and uh, he said, I don't think you're going to be real pleased with it because it was all carbon fiber. Okay. And the problem with that, so think about like the shaft on your bow mount trolling motor. It has a lot of give for good reason, right? If you hit a huge boulder or something, it's going to give and flex. um, And it's made to do that. So that's not a great feature on forward technology because it limits how fast you control before oh, it starts hmm. to totally t- change the angle of the deucer because of the bend of the rod. So pin okay. gears is all aluminum. Gotcha. Um, so that I ended up going sticking with pin gear for the summer pole. Okay. But lots of options to consider. Well, and I almost felt like, you know, we were so <laughs> impressed by your setup because we saw the alternative uh, and, you know, one, we went into it going, oh my gosh, is this going to be a pain in the butt? Because we're in snowmobiles going out there and, 
you know, you see these big poles and all this stuff. And, you know, like Jason said, it really didn't end up being it. But we saw another setup that was, I don't think it was even the the shuttle that was a problem. But it was the tripod or the pole that you're talking about that really just was a major pain in the butt, right? I mean, it, it like big time. Yeah, so you wouldn't think about it. It's one of those things you don't realize the the nuances of that equipment until it's in use. And so the, the summit's tripod lays fairly flat. Uh, so you get more length from the, the length of your, the, the pole, the shaft, than if you had a very steep tripod because the, the depth or the, the height of the tripod itself is taking away from how deep you can get right. below the ice, right? Sure. And that, that was the issue we were experiencing with the other because, well, you guys were there. We had crazy ice depths, and mm-hmm. we could not get his deucer below the ice because of that tripod. If it had been just a little bit shallower angles on the tripod legs, he would have been okay. So instead, we did something different. That <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't yeah. Uh, wasn't working out in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't. Um, what? So, what Garmin setup do you have? So, what's the the monitor? Uh, I don't remember the model number. It's a ten inch screen. Okay. So, I what I do know is there's a, a thirty four deucer and a thirty two deucer. The thirty four is capable of uh, better clarity um, and higher definitions. And uh, if you want to truly get all of the benefits of that, the 10-inch screen can do that. The 9-inch screen wasn't going to really give you all the benefits. So you kind of needed to pair the two to get the best of both worlds. Okay. So it was the 103 unit or something like that. I don't remember. I mean, it was, it's all, when you buy a live scope, they come from the back room with a cart with all sorts of stuff. If you're starting fresh with the live technology, um, there's so many pieces to it and every piece has got a model number and everything. And none of it's like intuitive to remember. Right. right? Okay. So, if you're a teenage kid that's into Lamborghinis and stuff, you remember that dorky stuff? I just want to fish. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> so. Any setup tips or running tips that you learned last year as far as settings that worked or didn't work or things you can share? If you're, if you're using it in a wheelhouse, um, the forward technology, so the, the deucer can be uh, three different angles. It can be what you'd call flat, which would be down, or you could tilt it back or forward, right? Um, but typically, you're just going to go forward or down. And if you do forward, it's going to show everything that's forward uh, of the deucer, right? So if you use it in a wheelhouse, if you pick one of the holes that's furthest to the end of the house, and use forward, you can shoot it oh. all the way across the bottom of the house, and you'll see everyone's lines. Well, that's kind of cool. If you put it down a hole that's more middle, then use down. 
and you'll still see everyone, but you'll see to the left and the right. Sure. So really, it just depends on which hole you end up using in the house as far as which one of those uh, options you're going to use. Mm -hmm. uh, so you kind of figure that out pretty quick. Um, it is really neat. Uh, we ended the season on Lake of the Woods. I think it was a week after our trip, and or maybe it was a week before. I don't remember. And uh, Hayden was playing video games on the Xbox, and I looked at it, and I yelled his name, and I said, lift your rod, and he ended up with like a 16 or an 18-inch walleye on the end. He had no clue, but I could see a fish was coming to it, and it was going to commit, right? So that was a lot of fun until we got chased off the lake with a blizzard. But um, it's really neat what you can see. Um, and then uh, also you figure out that there are ways to set up your ice rod or pole so that it's completely subfloor, which is really handy because mm. now all you have is the, the cable coming from the deucer up to the unit. Um, there's nothing to trip on or anything oh. in an ice house. Um, so once you figure that out, it's kind of nice, you know, because space is at a premium in a wheelhouse, right? Yep. Absolutely. Um, so it's it's nice for that and then outdoors i guess you know you see all of it on the, the tv shows that you watch um you almost drill a, a clock and uh, mm. the live technology will be at the center where the, the hands of the clock would pivot from and then you just follow the fish and go huh. wherever they're going if they stop biting go back to the center and look at the technology figure out where they moved and go to those holes, but you drill everything first so you don't spook them out. Sure. But that's just that's just how, how you're using forward technology, right? It wouldn't matter the shuttle or anything you pick. So the several thousand dollar question is, did you catch more fish last <laughs> season because of the <laughs> scope? Uh through the ice, yes. Um summer fishing, I wouldn't say I did really. Uh, leech, leech is gin clear. It's tough to sneak up on fish in the middle of the day, and at night you tend to go to spots that you know are highly likely to produce, and you tend to bobber fish and park right, and that's sure. what mm -hmm. everyone else is doing. So you don't really want to be that guy that's trying to troll around <laughs> thirty-five bullets, right? I might be long that guy. lining around, right? So, <laughs> so with that, I guess it's 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 not a not much of a daytime lake, and even if it is, we're usually doing other things. So it was fun, yeah. Um, but I find it to be a much greater tool for me. Uh, in the winter time not that it can't be a, an incredible tool on open water as well just um we're always doing other things in the middle of the day okay so, very cool yeah. well and, and sometimes too it's yeah. not even totally about catching more fish i mean it's always it is but you know it makes it a little more entertaining too right i mean you can see them down there and it is cool i mean you go on a you go around a reef and you you literally see fish and uh, you, you can orient the handle however you like. We like to have the handle pointing in the direction that the, the deucer is pointing. It's just intuitive, yeah. right? Um, some guys will do a 180 on that. 
Oh, if the hand was oh. pointing backwards, it's straight away from it. Well, why do I want to do math in my head or, or whatever? Just <laughs> it makes my brain point the handle yeah. where you want me to where you want me to cast mm-hmm. the rod, right? Yep. So you'd have one person that would just be constantly scanning and say, "There's a fish 35 feet out. Ooh, this one looks huge." And then, nope, that is an average sized perch. That's not even a walleye, <laughs> right? So you get the summer it just felt like you were getting to know the scale of what you're seeing on the Mm. screen all over again Um, but it is pretty neat to just use either like a split popper rig or a drop shot setup and you're literally just plucking the fish off here or there and then move on until you start marking again and then Mm. find a few more and you pluck those off and you keep moving Uh, the hardest part is you know there's fish or there isn't. And yeah. It's really hard to convince other people in the boat <laughs> that aren't in the room right now, so I can say this, but not <laughs> wet a line when there's nothing on the screen. They just feel like they have to it's hard. have a line in the water. I'm like, you are wasting our time. But There is but nothing now, down there. May I? May I? Uh-oh. In, in yep. The person who's not here's defense. Um, yeah. <laughs> when we were and maybe it's me, ice fishing, you know, you when we were using that, stuff would all of a sudden come up off the bottom that you didn't see on the scope until it appeared. So right. no, you, there is that. There, there is that, which is a big that. But you're seeing so much more space. Like in a cone, you're seeing nine degrees or 13 degrees of, so maybe you're seeing five feet of the bottom or something, right? And now you're seeing... 100 feet 80 feet i don't know how far out you see yeah. the, the technology is a little better too i would say so if there is something on the bottom you can usually tell yeah whereas it, that's a little tougher with the other sonar technologies but live technology yeah. kind of reveals those fish for you fairly well not always right i mean if they're yeah. laying belly down on the bottom and barely moving but you you see them do that right you're you're probably not going to see that, especially no. if the bottom is very irregular and there's bumps everywhere. How do you discern that from? Which is why you need to boulder. take a couple of casts to see if something's going on. But but right. it, but usually the bumps are moving a little bit, right? Like on that, you can tell, like yeah, hey, that rock is moving. Oh wait, maybe it's not a rock. Yeah, yeah. no, but right. it's harder in a boat, harder in a boat because your boat's oh. moving. True. Versus yeah. if you're on the ice and the ice is moving, yeah. that kind of situation. But they move sideways yep. and your boat moves up and down. Anyways, yes. So the thought I had when you were talking about the pole and which direction it was orientated, the transducer, right? And you don't want to do math. So my question to both of you is, unrelated to fishing, when you're using, well, kind of, when you're going to new fishing spots, when you're using your map on Google or iPhone maps, do you have north up or do you always have the map moving the direction you're traveling? Ooh. This is going to be a good one. I want to hear what Oli's is first. That's a really split question, but I am a north up kind of guy. I cannot stand it when people turn the map on me. Okay. Uh, I guess maybe it's from my Boundary Waters days. The top of the map is north, always. I'm not spinning a map in my lap when I'm navigating the Boundary Waters. And so when I'm using any other maps from those experiences, that's what I'm used to. But that's just what I'm used to, right? Okay. Jeff? 
Uh, yeah, I'm the opposite. I when I'm in my boat, and now it might be different in my boat. No, I always do heads up. So I I'm if I have the map pointed to the front of the boat or the direction I'm going. That's because that when I'm like trying to figure out shorelines and breaks and that kind of stuff. That's how my brain works. I want to see, you know, like because you can get a little off sometimes, and I want to see which way the boat's going. So that's I'm totally. It is opposite. a little tip. It is tougher when you're like if you're heading south. You got to remember left is right and right is left. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, if you do north up, you know. And, but uh, and, and so yeah. I do that. I map is in the direction of travel. Yeah, yep. I do the same because thing. otherwise I'm sitting there and I'm like, do I go left? Do I go right? Let's see. I'm headed south, so that would be this way. And by then I missed my turn. Well, and especially when I get on Malax, like not that it's, I mean, it's a medium size, but when you're looking for a flat and you're trying to like figure out which way you are and you're like, hold on, I'm a little lost here, you know, not lost, but yeah, I like heads up. Now, the dis, and, and this would terrify Sean, but I'm going to tell him anyway, even in the boundary waters, I usually use the map. I keep the map orientated <laughs> to my direction of travel. That way I always know where I'm at on the map. Are you sure it's not like a, I think a paper map, I might do what Oli does then and do north. No. Nope. Because you don't have as many, I, I don't know. I, I keep track of where my canoe is traveling on that map. And so if I'm, if I'm looking at my map and I'm going, okay, I need to go to here and I'm here, spin my map. All right. That's the direction I got to go. Uh -huh, and I yeah. follow that uh -huh. map. See, the way I do it is simple. I'm always heading north because the top of the map is facing forward. <laughs> what do you mean by direction we're going? We're going north. I mean north is map. north is up, right? No matter where north is up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I spin it. I know yeah, that's, that's probably not the right way navigate. to do it, but it, it reduces the amount of left-right errors, I think. All right. So I think yeah. so we, we were off subject, so maybe we should. I, I think it's up. a good it's a good topic. It is. It is a good topic, but it doesn't have much to do with shuttles. I mean, maybe uh, a little. Your shuttle has a live scope, which probably has a GPS map in it. They have GPS maps in them, right, Ollie? Like oh, chips. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's relative, I guess. But all right. So is there anything we missed about shuttles that we that we uh how how about the water? So I know on the shuttle I have for my Helix 7, the connectors for the battery and stuff were kind of, I don't know. How does how does that work? Do you have are there wire nuts or how does how do you do the wires into the shuttle? I believe they were all like uh, the the male female connectors that okay. just kind of snap together. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. From what I recall, yeah, gotcha. that makes sense. Yep. Okay, makes sense. The interesting part that I wasn't used to. So in the boat, I have hummingbird on the console on the bow right, and there's a, a big plug. You know the mm -hmm. The hummingbird plug that yep. you push in and you screw it tight to the back of the head units. Garmin's, uh, what are the what do you call the U-shaped thing that the unit goes into the gamble or something like? That? Oh yeah, 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 yep. The yes, gimbal maybe. So gimbal or gimbal? Yeah. Yes. So the gimbal, everything is wired into it. Oh. And so you just. Yeah click the whole head unit into that and you're done. There is no oh. wires to deal with. That's all part hmm. of the gimbal. 
simplifies things. Yeah. And it, it's got a latch that kind of locks it in so it can't come mm-hmm. off. Um, that I think is really slick. Oh. It's just easier, you know, because I used to take my units in and out of the boat all the time. Yeah. Now I would invite theft. Please take them so I can get some new ones. <laughs> um, but it's just, it was a pain, you know. Mm-hmm. That was just one more thing to do at the launch. Yeah. Is uh, put those things back in and whatever else. Yep. Yeah. I do that too. It's annoying. The, the parade of one more things to get and forget. Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. Sean, any, only anything else we forgot to ask you? I don't think so. All right. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the show Ooh. and helping us with that insight um, and helping our listeners figure out what to do with this stuff. So at least it's good to always have a firsthand information. Yep. I think you sure. get what you, I think you get what you pay for a little bit on the quality and stuff. Some yeah. of the cheaper ones, they they'll fail you in some way or another. That might not be obvious when you buy it, but if you if you spend over two hundred dollars, which seems to be kind of the going rate for the decent ones, you're usually yeah, it's not fun to spend that, but kind of a buy it and forget it type of deal. It just works. It does what it needs to do, right? All right, sounds great. Thanks, Oli. Thanks. Yep. That's it, Jay. Are we do we have a legend? I feel like it's impossible to not tell a legend, but I don't know. I don't know that I have one. Ole was supposed to give one and he didn't. We've not ever not done a legend. Did we ever tell the legend about when we got lost on a small lake in northern Minnesota with a lantern because it was so foggy? I feel like we did. Hmm. But we could tell it again, I suppose. It's kind of sad. I know. Well, we just we've had six seasons of stories, so we've we need, we need to go have the trouble is the older you get the less the more you prepare for things so the less shenanigans you have because <laughs> you're better resource oh. than you used to be when you're bootstrapping it and running crappy gear and crappy cars and i mean I'll your brain isn't fully formed yet cuz you're still an advanced adolescent i still remember when when we went in, when we were in our 20s and we went up to to you know northern minnesota and the snow was so deep it was up to our hips and we went to a cabin that was very rudimentary and it was like 30 below zero outside yeah yeah so so this wouldn't be an ice fishing legend but it'd just be maybe a general story we were ice fishing we were fishing yeah it wasn't yeah we were fishing and so um i'll never forget that year that maybe that's the legend. So the legend of the cold. I don't know if we ever told the story, but I'll tell it. And well, someone will have to let us know if we've already told it. So we were in the Exploder. Yes. We had on the snowmobile trailer pulling with uh, Sean had a four wheeler. Only had a four wheeler, yep. so we had the four wheeler. We pulled into the cabin. We parked at Robarges next door mm-hmm. to the Kilby mm-hmm. cabin mm-hmm. up on Stone Lake, and the Little Stone. And the um, temperature gauge on your driver, on your thing that showed outside temperature was negative forty one. It was negative yeah, forty one. Negative forty one. 
This isn't made and up. It was negative this 41. Is, this is actual. You can look back at yes. the histories. You'll find the date. It's negative 41 degrees, and it was like 10 and 30, 11 o'clock at night. Because that's when we got off work, and yeah. we drove up, and there we were. So we're going to this, our cabin, which at the time was a cabin. It was a trailer house that had a screen porch on with one bedroom, and it had an 8,000 BTU built-in heater in it. That's yeah. all it had. Um, so small, less BTU output in that wall furnace than in a big buddy, for reference. Um, and, and so we get in there and of course it's colder than heck. And so we're like, well, we'll turn some heat on, but let's go fishing. Yeah. It's the, the one saving gray and the snow was so deep. It was, it was knee, knee to waist deep that winter. I would say more deep. like waste. We had to make a trail. Yeah. And so what we did is we, that's when we still had the pallet fish house. Yes. Yep. We had this sled that was built on a pallet. And so we pulled that out onto the lake, not very far, right out in front of the camp. Oh, yeah, we're just offshore. And we set that up and went fishing because it was warm. We could get that warmer than we could get the cabin. Yep. And and Davey wasn't, Northwoods Dave wasn't there yet. And so we fished till like three in the morning. Because it was warmer and in the ice shack than it was. It was warmer in the, in the ice shack. And then we ended up bringing all of our little buddy heaters. We had three little buddy heaters going in that cabin. Each of us had our own with our own propane tanks. So we had mm-hmm. 23 propane tanks, three little buddy heaters all going in that cabin. And it was still incredibly cold. There was a frost um, line in the cabin. There was a, So it's an old trailer. So there was a frost line on the walls <laughs> that stayed till like three days after we got there. And it was so cold. It was so cold, but we were in our early twenties yet. I mean, yeah. we were pretty du- we were pretty durable, but um, it was a memorable trip from the weather perspective. I mean, we really pushed the envelope. Um, huh. No, I think at our age now we would say, "Well, that's unsafe. We can't do that." It's I mean, we had safe, but we had. I swear there was a carbon monoxide detector in there. I'm pretty sure. We no, were. I opened the windows. Oh, that's. We I the window. It wasn't warm. We opened. The I cracked windows. a window. I, yeah. I cracked one window just a little bit, and I thought, well. We'll we'll wake yeah. up, but we'll have a headache. Yeah. But at least we'll we'll live. Yeah. And then the next day, Dave came and he brought a big a ventless heater. like yeah. thirty thousand BTU heater, <laughs> hung it on the cabinet, and then we were nice and toasty. And the, then the squirrels woke up in the cabinet, yeah. running back yeah. and forth in the ceiling that that year. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it was. Oh man, I mean, talk about pushing the envelope on survivability. Um, it was cold. And you know, we didn't have good gear. No, not in like those days. No, you know I'm I'm rock, I was rocking my pomida boots. Yeah, you know your cotton socks. Yep. You know jeans, the jeans. Yeah. Some Carhartts maybe. Probably Carhartts, but yeah, it was it was cold, but we had a good. We still had a good time, and we caught some fish. I mean, good times. Yeah, played a lot of cards. We played a lot of cards. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, there we go. That's the legend. That's just reminiscent taking a stroll down memory lane. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, that was the outhouse. That's that was the outhouse year. Oh yeah, there was an outhouse there. So I don't know. I'll tell that story too, real quick, because it attaches. So our buddy Oli, middle of the night, had to go to the bathroom. Yep. Number two, and so he had to find the key to the outhouse because we hadn't opened the outhouse up yet. It was still locked, and so he's like, 
like middle of the night. He's like, Jay, where's the key? I'm like, it's hanging on the hook. All right. So there's the ball of keys, like 15 keys on this string. He, you know, walks out through the snow. Of course, we hadn't shoveled because we're not going to, you know, so this waist deep snow to the outhouse opens, gets, finds the right key. It's 40 below, you know, and he's trying not to die and gets there and finally gets the um, the right key, opens the outhouse door, and in the outhouse mm-hmm. is an outboard motor, a chainsaw, like coming back. you know, all the stuff that we stored in this outhouse because we didn't have, even have a shed at the time. It has to take all that out to use the bathroom. He was not happy, and he still talks about it to this day. But it was a good time, and it was a good trip. Well, Jeff, it was a great time, great reminiscing, and a great show. Uh, so we'll talk to everybody soon. Tight lines. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to the Hard Water Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet where we talk about tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Till then, signing off. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.